Insightful podcasts by informative hosts. Insights into Things, a podcast network. Welcome to Insights into Entertainment, a podcast series taking a deeper look into entertainment and media. Your hosts, Joseph and Michelle Whalen, a husband and wife team of pop culture fanatics, are exploring all things from music and movies to television and fandom. Welcome to Insights and Entertainment. This is episode 73. Crowning a new head of Lucasfilm? Question mark. <laughs> My questionable and questionable co-host Michelle Whalen. <laughs> so bitter, so childish. You messed with the script, and and you lost my descriptors there. So all I have and are you question marks. Can't come up with something. That's I'm fine. too childish for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can tell. It's going to be a good one then, huh? Anyway, my quest questionable co-host Michelle Whalen. Hi, everyone. How are you doing today, sweetheart? <laughs> I'm tired. How are you? <laughs> I can tell you're tired, which is why I'm poking a stick in your mm -hmm. cage. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, you know, later in the afternoon than we sometimes do this, because we never do it at a, a set time. No, we really should, probably. We, we probably should, but that's We okay. try to shoot for 11 o'clock on Saturday mornings, and usually we're pretty close to that. Sometimes, yeah. Today, you know... We're much later today. So. Yeah, well, it is what it is. It's a Saturday, so it doesn't really matter, Absolutely. Right? It's not like we're going anyplace. So, <laughs> no, it's sadly we're not. Someday. Uh, so today on Disney Detective, uh, we'll be talking about uh, downtown Disney reopening uh, in California. Correct. Uh, even though the park has been delayed mm -hmm. in their opening. Uh, we had some... Funky stuff going on with uh, <laughs> oh, uh, this Carousel is hysterical. We can't wait to share it with uh, you guys. That one, that one is kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, then we're gonna meet the creator of a viral TikTok who caught the attention of Disney's boss. Mm -hmm. Yeah, interesting. Uh, in our Star Wars insights, we're going to talk the rumored Star Wars reset. Right which might include the departure of a, a very high-level mm -hmm. member of Lucasfilm. Yep. And in our entertainment news, we will talk some Comic-Con at-home details that mm -hmm. we have. Right. Uh, some dates and times and what's going on. Uh, then we just found out that The Crown will be getting a sixth season, a show that you and I both enjoy. Mm -hmm. We'll talk about that. And uh, we will talk about... Um, PBS releasing their Broadway at home schedule of great performances uh, in the wake of uh, Hamilton, which mm -hmm. uh, we'll talk more about later in our insightful mm -hmm. picks. Yes, we will. Uh, so good show. Uh, you ready to get going? Sure. Let's do it. All right. Let's start. <laughs> Insights into 
go for Disney Detective. So Downtown Disney in Anaheim, that would be Disneyland, reopened on Thursday, uh, but fans still have to wait longer for the actual parks to open. Um, there have still not been any dates yet as to when the openings will be. They were supposed to be opening around the 17th, but again, nothing has been um agreed upon yet with the state of California. Um, there were, you know, some guests who had actually lined up as early as 5 a.m. for the outdoor shopping area to open uh, at 10 a.m. Um, some people, you know, they were just itching to, to buy merchandise. Others, it was just something to do, finally, after so long. Uh, there was one person who actually drove 90 minutes so her and her daughter could be there for the opening. She said, you know, we've been bored at home. We can't wait to get out and about. That's why, you know, we're excited to, to be here. Um, guests are told that they have to wear masks and have the temperature checks, just like uh, Downtown Disney in Florida has been doing. Uh, the district... Uh, shopping hours will be from 10 to 8, and some individual uh, areas might have different times. Um, so again, the the dates for the theme park actually opening are still up in the air. Nothing's been planned yet, but obviously everybody is, you know, itching for it to open. But unfortunately, California's had a spike, you know, in their numbers. Um, so that's why, you know, a lot of things are, are on hold. And to mention, um, as we've been talking about, Walt Disney World in Orlando opened today for the public. They were doing uh, cast member previews for two days. Then they had uh, annual pass holder day um, for a couple of days. And then today was the first official uh, day for Animal Kingdom and for... Uh, Magic Kingdom, where the other two parks will be opening in a couple of days. And there were a couple of stories that came out with that, where, you know, for the most part, everybody's behaving, everybody's following their guidelines. They've, you know, made some changes to like the queue areas for certain rides, where, you know, you kind of go up and down, up and down. Well, they've actually put plexiglass dividers so when you're passing by the other people, you can contaminate those people and they have markings. Um, they actually even put up barriers on the monorail as well. So each compartment of the monorail has a barrier now as well. And obviously they're not putting as many people in certain rides. Um, so wait times are kind of up right now because, you know, they're taking the time to clean um, but so far, all the reports that I've seen from, you know, from today seem to be, you know, positive and everybody's, you know, following the rules and they have signs posted all over. And it's basically it's not a suggestion. This is the rule. If you want to be here, you have to follow the rule. So. So downtown Disney in um, Anaheim. Mm hmm. That's a much smaller footprint than yes. Disney Springs. Yes, because we've only been there once. And if you recall, you know, when we were staying at uh, the Grand Californian Resort, basically we walked outside and it was like, oh. Right. Disney, so downtown Disney. <laughs> that kind of brings me to my next question. When they re went and redid uh, Disney Springs in Florida, mm -hmm. there's a much more controllable flow of traffic to right. and from it. 
Right. How does that work at Downtown Disney? Are they regulating it the same way? I'm guessing they're probably doing the same thing. I'm sure from, you know, because if you kind of remember, there was really like two ways to get in unless you came from the, the hotel. Like I'd have to look at a map to see, but I was pretty sure that if you were at the parking area on one side and parking area on the other, I don't think you could really get in and out any other way. And what they've probably done is blocked off, you know, areas where if you could say park over here and walk to here, they probably have that blocked off so that you have to go through a certain area, which like you were saying, when they redid downtown Disney in Orlando, there isn't a big giant parking lot right you've got you kind of garages right and you feed ha- into it right that have specific entrances and i'm guessing that's probably they've done something like that to you know hoard off people from being able to get in without being being checked now a couple of weeks ago we talked about the new scanners mm-hmm. that they were using right uh, they were testing in uh, Disney Springs. Mm-hmm. Are they using these in California too? Or I no? didn't see anything about them using them in California. I did. There was one little mention about um, temperature checks this morning for the park, and it seemed like it was going very smoothly. So I don't know if they've, you know, if it was actual, you know, uh, people doing because right. they were, were obviously doing uh, the, touchless. The touchless scanner. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know how. You know, if they were incorporating, nobody's really mentioned anything about those machines since they had them, obviously, down at downtown Disney. So Okay. Well, hopefully this works out well and and everyone stays Mm -hmm. safe. And, you know, this is uh, our first step to some semblance of normalcy. And that's the thing is in Florida, their numbers have been spiking, too. So it'll be interesting to see with this opening up, how do the numbers look? So. Well, hopefully people will stay safe. Hopefully, yeah. Tell us about Carousel of Progress. (laughs) So Walt Disney World obviously just opened today, but they were having the previews, as we mentioned. Um, So a video had surfaced the other day of the Carousel of Progress having some minor issues with one of the audio-animatronic characters uh, of John, who's the patriarch of the the ride. Uh, And he was kind of having a little... Seizure, I guess. That's (laughs) probably the best way to describe it. (laughs) So, you know, so what was funny was there was um, one of the one of the Disney Twitter uh, pages, uh, Magic Blitz podcast um, actually had put the original uh, video of it. Well, of course, people had to go and overdub uh, with some some music to kind of uh, make it. uh, a little bit better, so we'll uh, we'll play one of those uh, for you. I don't know if the video's on this. Uh, page it should be. Gave me. Yeah, go all the way down. All the way down. It was okay. It was on the page. Well, this oh, is the dude, Where go back come? up. Technical difficulties. I guess we should check that beforehand. Yeah. No. Oh, uh, you know what? There were the little things are. The oh so uh, so all right so it stripped it out so oh, darn so we don't have it okay well <sighs> oh maybe if you click on the the one link where what it said go down go down click on 
That one? This one? This one. This yeah. one? No. This one. Yeah, see if that'll do it. Yeah. Oh, you need the volume. <laughs> well, I have it muted. Ah, oh, darn. Well, anyway, that's uh, the video. Watch me engaging them, escaping them, and raising them out. I got the friends for more fun. I come back before guns and ships, and so their balance shifts. <laughs> It gets better and better each time. So, yeah, so that's the actual video. He was shaking, you know. So the so this is obviously uh, um, from Hamilton. So it was kind of funny because Hamilton obviously uh, yeah. released. And then there was also one uh, to Queen, Bohemian Rhapsody. Nice. And it was basically like, here was his audition tape to become part of uh, Queen. So... It was nice that people uh, had fun with yeah. <laughs> the technical difficulty. Well, and you know, audio animatronics themselves are problematic because of right. you know how they work. You know, I remember the stories of mm-hmm. when they were doing Lincoln, right? You know, and for the, the first time, they the brought oil. a they brought a de- delegation in <laughs> to actually see. You know, right, right. What 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 was the uh, attraction? Oh, it was Moments with Lincoln. Moments, moments with Lincoln. Right. And they were using uh, red hydraulic fluid. Right, right. And they had it a leak. sprung a leak. <laughs> and all of a sudden, Lincoln starts <laughs> bleeding on stage. <sighs> so they were they successfully recreated the Lincoln assassination right, by right. accident. Yeah. So, you know, so the big joke was obviously, you know, the, the audio animatronics haven't been used in a while. They were trying to... Loosen themselves up for for everybody. Well, so. and you know, putting on a live show like we do, uh, you know, several times a week here. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I can totally sympathize with the mm-hmm. technical difficulties and the embarrassing uh, yeah. incidents that you can. Yeah. Have. So at least like his head didn't pop off or anything. That's you know? true. That so, is true. Yeah. So. <laughs> so some fun little humor with that. All right. So tell us about our viral TikTok. So right before the long holiday weekend, a 20-year-old Georgia State University student, uh, Julian Bass, shared a TikTok video on his Twitter account and asked people to retweet it, basically saying, enough times that Disney calls. Um, And his gamble actually paid off. A few days after sending out the video on social media, Disney and plenty of others came calling. Um, So it's amazing what technology you know is out there and the the video editing and everything um so he did this little video transformation and and we can play it um i'm okay to play this one sure you can play it go ahead see what this one does All right, that, so, that's pretty cool. Uh, twenty second video, pretty darn cool for you know this twenty year old kid you know that did it, and he basically said that he uh, learned FX and filmmaking on his own for the most part, and that you know it was trial and error and learning you know from experience. He said he hadn't taken any film classes or anything, and it basically just started out as an exercise for him to do. Uh, he said, you know, I wanted to try something new. I always liked you know. Ben 10 aliens and and doing CGI stuff and and the lightsaber and it just kind of went along with the song and he just kind of made it well 
other people noticed. So he ended up getting comments from Oscar winner Matthew Cherry, um, actor Josh Gad, um, movie, movie studio Sony even made a comment, um, Ben 10 voice actor Tara Strong, as well as Guardians of the Galaxy director James Gunn, and actor Zach Braff, who actually urged Gunn, hey, you need to hire this guy. Um, Luke Skywalker himself, Mark Hamill even liked it. Um, and into uh, the Spider into the Spider Verse director took notice of the video and the fan campaign to you know get Disney to you know like hey and even to bring the live action version of Miles Morales they were like hey he would make a good one um, and obviously it didn't stop there he actually did end up hearing from. Bob Iger himself basically saying, the world's going to know your name. So nice. that's, pretty, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. A nice little, you know, again, little video he made, 20 second long. and Which, you know, that 20 seconds probably oh, took him 40 or 50 hours to put oh, together. I'm sure. I'm sure. But, you know, pretty cool that, you know, he said, hey, if Disney calls and Disney called. So. Nice. That is very cool. Mm -hmm. That's a great story. Yeah. So that was all we had for uh, Disney yep. Detective. We'll be back uh, in a minute with our Star Wars insights. Okay. Did I get it right that time? I think so, yeah. For over seven years, the Second Sith Empire has been the premier community guild in the online game Star Wars The Old Republic. With hundreds of friendly and helpful active members, a weekly schedule of nightly events, annual guild meet and greets, and an active community both on the web and on Discord. The Second Civ Empire is more than your typical gaming group. We're family. Join us on the Starforge server for nightly events such as operations, flashpoints, world boss hunts, Star Wars trivia, guild lottery, and much more. Visit us on the web today at www.thesecondsithempire.com. Go for Star Wars Insider. Insights. Damn, I did it again. <laughs> oh, that was awesome. <laughs> Should we try that again? <laughs> you done? No, we're good. Okay. We're good. So this was a story. I just want to start off in saying this is total speculation. Not sure what's real, what's not, but we figure we would we, it's a good topic to talk about. Yes, fortunately, we're not actual news, so we can put fake right, news Right, we out can there. put fake news and totally make it real. Uh, so, Star Wars Reset includes Kathleen Kennedy stepping down, maybe? So, it's claimed that Kathleen Kennedy may be stepping down from Lucasfilms to start her own female-centric production company, which follows the rumor that Disney is resetting Star Wars. Details about all of this are coming from a certain uh, YouTuber, um, Lord Doomcock, from the Dark Lord DVD. Um, 
So he's the one that when we were talking uh, the other week about the whole um, veil of um, veil of the force Mm -hmm. and, and that was all him. So it seems he, he's kind of, known for a lot of the rumor mill of of Star Wars and he seems to have um different contacts with Lucas Films. Um he was the one that basically revealed all of the spoilers of Rise of uh Skywalker that were actually correct. Um he even had uh information I guess that was going on with Brie Larson and the Captain Marvel sequel which I guess again, came out to be true. So it's one of those, do you believe everything he says? Or, you know, it's kind of take it with a grain of salt type thing. Um, But basically, he's gone on record saying that sources have filled him in on a secret plan that's in the works to to save Star Wars that involves some sort of Star Wars civil war taking place at Lucasfilms between Kathleen Kennedy and those that are loyal to George Lucas and Jon Favreau and Dave Filoni. So... You know, basically, he he was talking about what we were even talking about the other week about the whole veil of the force, which would basically kind of wipe out everything from the most recent trilogy and make it non-canon and basically wipe out, you know, all all that she's done, basically. Um, You know, he said that Kathleen Kennedy's reign of terror is almost at an end. Uh, I've been sitting on this information for weeks now, seeking further confirmation. But at this point, I've had enough from various, I've heard enough from various viewpoints to credit this rumor may have some validity to it. Um, You know, so again, you know, like we were, were saying is that, is this true? Is it not? Has Star Wars really been all that bad since she's been at the helm? Probably not. You know, while the movies weren't as successful as they wanted to be, or as fans wanted them to be, there's plenty of other things that have come out that have been very successful under her realm. And like you had mentioned it's not like she wrote the movies. It wasn't her, you know, yeah. hand in it. <clears throat> that's that's kind of my take on it. Like Kathleen Kennedy has been involved with Lucasfilm for a very long time. Mm-hmm. For people to think that she just came in to run it under the Disney umbrella is that's totally fictitious. Right, right. Uh, she's been working with Lucas for decades now, right. so she's well ingrained in. Star Wars and the philosophies associated with it, the heritage associated mm-hmm. with it. So she's not like some fresh-faced Disney executive who came in and ruined it for everybody. Right. <clears throat> so let's dispel that rumor right there. Uh, second, she didn't ruin it. I mean, the as much as I rail against a couple of the, you know, the sequel trilogies, they were financially massive successes. Mm-hmm. So it's not a failure. Okay, first of all, there's mixed feelings for sure, but stepping outside of the realm of the sequel trilogies, you have other things that were incredibly well done, like Solo. (laughs) All right, so not maybe not Solo. Um, How about Rogue One? Rogue One. Uh, Rogue One was fantastic. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Mandalorian. 
Uh, she resurrected the Clone Wars, mm-hmm. which Disney had shut down mm-hmm. uh, when they acquired Lucas without consulting with anyone from Lucas, the original Lucasfilm. So she saved that. Mm-hmm. You know, we got Rebels. We got, you know, a number of things under her watch mm-hmm. have been very well handled. Mm-hmm. The one thing I think that concerned me more than anything about the article itself was the author, the rumor monger that we have, we'll call him, Mm -hmm. was very, spoke very derogatorily Mm -hmm. about her insistence on having um, more defined female presence in the company. Mm-hmm. And on film. Right. And that to me was more disturbing than anything that the, the, the author of this article was really that. It's, it's almost like he took the feminism that she brought to Star Wars and is trying to use that against mm, her. Yeah. When in reality, you and, like you and I spoke, mm-hmm. Lucas was always one who cast very powerful female character roles. Uh, you look, not many, like you pointed out, right. there That's weren't the many. Right, the thing is, there was basically one per movie. But the roughly. one that you had was the ultimate power mm-hmm. in Leia. You know, yeah. Leia was the boss of all of, you know, the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. And, and she maintained that moving forward. So for Kathleen Kennedy to continue to want to have powerful female roles is not uncharacteristic. Maybe we had more than we would have had normally, Mm. but it wasn't like a complete shift in philosophy and to latch onto that and to, to, you know, label this as a reign of terror. That's just being childish. Mm -hmm. Could the movies have been done better? Absolutely. Would I cry if they decided to phase out Last Jedi and pretend that it never happened? Absolutely not. Uh, Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker were just terrible, terrible movies. Force Awakens was a good start, and they never really went down that path. They kind of handcuffed J.J. Abrams by the time he got the Rise of Skywalker. But the blame for that lies entirely on the shoulders of Ryan Johnson. Mm -hmm. That disaster of a movie that he put out with Last Jedi should have never, never left the cutting room floor. I mean, it really shouldn't. And to attribute that failure to Kathleen Kennedy, Kathleen Kennedy's not the only person that signed off on that movie. I'll tell you that right now. Right, exactly. So every Disney executive needs to take the heat for that movie Mm -hmm. if you're going to bring it down on Kathleen Kennedy. Yeah. Now, whether or not she is going to leave, you know, a lot of the stuff they talk about in the article kind of makes sense with the timing and her mm-hmm. contract. Right. Her contract is moving, up in 2021. Right, so moving celebration and, you know, the way that they're planning the next phase of the Star Wars and the timing of that. A lot of it makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, this could be just a matter of picking up a lot of different clues and trying to put the pieces of the puzzle right, together. Right. And... It's almost like Nostradamus, mm-hmm. okay? Right. So you're making these vague, you know, predictions, and something similar to that is probably going to happen. Right. Kathleen Kennedy's not going to stay there all the, you know, for right, her forever. entire life. Right. Right. So when she leaves, is this guy going to tout his horn and say, hey, I told oh, you I so. Oh, I told you so. Right, right. Right. 
You know, so we'll see what happens. Um, I think the future that he portrays in this article is interesting. Mm-hmm. And I'd be curious to see where Star Wars goes from here out. Mm-hmm. But to label Star Wars as dead and a dying franchise. Right. And that was and the thing. Failure. Was even I mean, in his other article, it was, oh, it's dying. And we're like, uh, Mandalorian? Like, have you have yeah. you watched Disney Plus this at is, all? Like And yeah. all the other projects that are in the works with right. Obi-Wan and mm-hmm. Cassie and Andor and all the other stuff. Right. This is a passionate fan mm-hmm. of the original trilogy. Right. And who nothing doesn't like the fact that somebody yeah. came in and played in his sandbox yeah. and broke his toy. Yeah. That doesn't necessarily mean that what he's saying is wrong or completely far-fetched. Right. But clearly he's biased in some of his views on this. Right. And one of the other ones, which, again, was just kind of funny, was that an additional rumor was that Star Wars parks that have Galaxy's Edge, or Disney parks, obviously, um, would be remodeled to include actual Star Wars for the fans. And I'm thinking, but it, it... does have Star Wars. Right. It just doesn't have the original characters. Which and is, that's, honestly, that's a problem that I have, is that right. I can't go to Galaxy's Edge and see Darth Vader walk. Right. And that bothers me. Right. Because you're not giving me Star Wars, you're giving me Disney's version of Star Wars. Right. So that I could see, you know, in a year or so, them maybe, you know, revamping it to add well and the thing that that, you know speaking of the parks specifically the thing that's really funny is that before galaxy's edge opened Mm -hmm. you had all those characters right they'd walk around the park they would do shows they would Mm -hmm. do parades they were there right and then when galaxy's edge opened that all went away well no you still see darth vader you just don't see him in Galaxy's Edge. You see him by Star Tours. But they did away with all of right. the parades and the, show, right. the street shows and all that stuff is what right. I'm saying. Right, right, Where you had the one street show where you literally saw all the characters mm-hmm. from all the genres right. on stage at one time. Mm-hmm. And it was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Why would you do away with that? Well, I guess we'll see. So. Anyway, so we might, we might be crowning a uh, new... A new president of Lucasfilm. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see, you know, if in two years it happens and we're still doing this podcast, we can say, okay, he was right. Yeah. I probably won't even give him that much credit, but (laughs) okay. Anyway, (laughs) that was all we had for Star Wars Insights or Insider or Tales from the Galaxy's Edge, whatever we're calling the segment (laughs) these days. Whatever we're calling it today. (laughs) Whatever. Whatever comes to mind. Right. Uh, We're going to take a quick break and come back with our entertainment news. Insights into Teens, a podcast series exploring the issues and challenges of today's youth. Talking to real teens about real teen problems. Explore issues from braces to puberty, social anxiety to financial responsibility. Each week, we talk about the topics concerning today's youth. We look at how the issues affect teens, how to cope with these issues, and how parents, friends, and loved ones can help teens handle these challenges. 
Check out our video episodes on youtube.com backslash insights into things. Catch our audio versions on podcast.insightsintoteens.com or on the web at insightsintothings.com. So let's talk about Comic-Con at Home 2020 and what we got to look forward to. So obviously we had reported not that long ago that uh, San Diego Comic-Con had been canceled. And then um, back in May, they decided uh, they were going to do an at-home edition. Um, So we've only heard just one day of... um, the schedule as of right now. Uh, so the idea is it's going to go Wednesday through um, Sunday. So it's going to start on July 22nd. And as of right now, they just have the the one day. Um, and it's, you know, it basically starts at three o'clock in the afternoon. Most panels are from three to four. Then they have some four to five, five to six, uh, six to seven. Um, and it's, it looks like from, you know, Wednesday's schedule, it's a lot of educational, um, things. So a lot of things geared towards kids, um, you know, teaching and learning with comics, the power of teamwork, uh, comics as a conduit, um, license to thrill graphic novel adaptations for kids. So, you know, this day, like I said, looks very much kid centric, uh, and everything. So they have different uh, authors, um, different professors, because there's some about like, you know, college and the nerd mind, you know, was another one. Uh, so, you know, this will definitely be interesting to, to see how it works out. Um, everything is free. There's YouTube links. Uh, that are posted. Um, if you go to uh, Comic-Con International, um, they have a YouTube page, so all their links, you know, will be there. I'm guessing probably as, you know, it gets closer, more things will pop up. Uh, the one thing that I thought was interesting is there was a separate story that talked about um, how for, you know, Marvel Studios will actually not be attending the virtual version of San Diego Comic-Con. Um, and according to Deadline, Marvel Studios will be sitting this one out, um, as well as DC Films. Uh, but DC is actually doing a fan event in August, and that's where they'll talk about all of their stuff. Um so not really sure why Marvel stepped down. There was no reason giving, but this wasn't the first time that they've skipped out. They skipped out in 2015 and 2018. Um, and basically, you know, when they decided, and this is the first time in 51 years that San Diego Comic-Con hasn't been going on. Um, again, there was no word why Marvel, you know, decided to to back out. Maybe they just, you know, felt it wasn't, their thing um you know but comic-con basically you know when they announced that they were doing this at-home edition you know they were like hey personalized snacks free parking and no lines you know as well as access to anyone with internet so kind of sad that we're not going to see anything from marvel it'll be interesting to see who you know, else and i think this you know, is a brilliant move on the part of comic-con oh, because absolutely. what this does is it gives people who would never Mm -hmm. have an opportunity to attend one 
or even consider attending one, mm-hmm. the chance to actually get their feet wet, see what goes right. on, see what some of the benefit is, uh, get some idea of what the reason is that people go to this. Right, right. So that in subsequent years, when we are back on schedule and having these, people, might. people are mm-hmm. more inclined to want to go to this again because they see what the benefit is. And that's why I, I think it's great. It, it's almost a shame that they're only doing it over one weekend because literally almost every day wizard world which is another big convention and that's one that we normally go to every couple of years that's in philadelphia they're doing almost daily different one hour things and Every topic manageable, not just imaginable, Um, you know, not just television, not just movies. They even did sports, you know, and and they've had either, you know, a full cast from a a television show or a movie or they've done one on ones and they're all free. Um, You can, again, go to their YouTube page and find everything. So if you weren't able to watch it live, you can go back um and watch the recording of it and if it happens to be a celebrity that you want you know a little one-on-one time with or an autographed picture of them you could purchase you know you could pay through the nose and get that experience you could you could you know where you know if you're the the type of person they're like yeah i like that show i wouldn't mind you know watching it you yeah. know, it's great advertising. You Absolutely. Know? You're, you're and keeping the spirit of it going. And, and I could definitely see, like you were saying, once conventions start back up again, people who may never have gone to one be like, oh, you know, let me, well, let that me was check like, it out. You know, you and I, mm-hmm. you know, I hadn't gone to conventions right. until you and I got together. Yep. I brought you to the dark side. And since I went to the first one, I can't get enough of it. Right. And it's like, we don't go and we sit through all these Mm-mm. panels and all this no. stuff and we don't pay for autographs or Mm-mm. any of that stuff. It's just the ambiance. It's right. the, it's that energy that you get from being with like-minded people. Exactly. That's what it is. It's being with those other geeks. <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> you I, know? I, I don't hide the fact that I'm a sci-fi fan and a Star Wars fan. Right. You know, I decorate my office at work with it. There's a couple of people who sympathize with me, but most of the people think I'm an idiot. And that's fine. I don't, I don't Whatever. care what they think. Right. But it's nice being with thousands of other people right. who, who like the same stuff you do mm-hmm. and, and feel the same way and have the same passion. There's just, there's a, you know, I don't want to get crazy here, but it's almost like a religious experience where that energy it's is there. the religion of... Comic Con. It is. It's, it's and the Church of Comic Con. Until you experience and right. you can't experience it with the online versions right. either, but it's, this kind of dips your toe in the water right. there to get that feeling. Right. But if if they can get you interested enough through this to mm-hmm. show up once, you're 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 hooked at that point. In time. Right, right. Because that's that's what people like us do. Unless you go to New York Comic Con on a Sunday well, where it's packed. I still <laughs> that... want to go back. Right. We just need to do it better. I mean, a lot of that was the experience. We had some hotel issues. It was overcrowded. It was hot. and No air conditioning. So I I still want to go back, Mm -hmm. and I wouldn't go back on a Sunday. Right. Maybe do a Friday or, you know, earlier in the week or something. But, yeah, no, I get it. It's 
you know, I miss going to the convention. Yeah, so this kind of, you know, for people that haven't been able to to go, it gives you something to yep. to do. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Tell us about The Crown. So one of, as you mentioned, one of our favorite shows, The Crown, is actually going to be getting a second, uh, a second, a sixth season. Um, originally, they had reported, it was funny because when they first did it, it was going to be six seasons. Then when they started writing everything, it was like, nope, we're going to stop at five. And now they said, nope. We are going to do six. Um, so basically what, you know, the the creator said was as we started discussing the storylines for season five, it soon became clear that in order to do justice to the richness and complexity of the story, we should go back to the original plan and do six seasons. To be clear, series six will not bring us any closer to present day, but it will simply enable us to cover the same period in greater detail. Um, so I thought that was was great news. Um, the show did wrap up season four, um, which stars uh, Olivia Coleman, who plays Queen Elizabeth in mid-March. So they actually had finished season four. Uh, filming right before everything shut down. So fortunately, there's going to be no delay with uh, season four coming out. It's just obviously season five. They're not sure when they're going to start filming, you know, filming that one. So at least we we get two more seasons, you know, so. And like, I like the show because it's historically accurate. Mm -hmm. The acting's well done. Mm -hmm. The set set piece creations incredible it, yeah it's beautiful uh, you it's, know. it's just a very well done show and they've, mm-hmm. they've done a very good job of staying faithful to the actual mm-hmm. stories yeah and the talent that they brought in to mm-hmm. play these roles are yeah. just spot on yeah so um, it'll be you know interesting to see the new cast the new you know the new queen and and you know because usually they they only change you know some of the characters and and to see you know charles grow up and you know because you you saw him in camilla at the end of this season so right. it'll be interesting to see the dynamics of everything and and how queen elizabeth you know dealt with all of it yeah. so cool good news mm-hmm. so tell us about the great performance. So PBS released a Broadway at home schedule on great performances. So obviously there's a lot of buzz going around with Hamilton, which no shocker there. Um, So now they're kind of saying, Hey, well, we have some more Broadway things uh, for you to watch. And, And again, this goes back to, you know, Comic Con at home and, you know, watching movies at home and here's, you know, performances, um, stage shows um, that they're doing. Um, so starting uh, the Friday, it's going to be every Friday, uh, starting on July 24th, usually at 9 p.m. Um, there's a, a full listing of She Loves Me, uh, Present Laughter, in the Heights, Chasing Rainbow Dreams, which was Lin-Manuel Miranda's first Broadway show. Um, then Much Ado About Nothing. And then finally, Rodgers and Hammerstein's The King and I. So interesting list of, of different plays. So again, free, available on their website, on PBS channels. Um, you know, so if 
you enjoyed Hamilton and you're itching for more Broadway, PBS has you covered. Very cool. Very cool. It's nice to see them bring that because, you know, we watched uh, Hamilton. And mm-hmm. For me, I've never seen a Broadway play. Um, and watching Hamilton and how well it was produced, I'm not sure I want to go see it on Broadway and sit in the audience. Um, I'd much rather see it from all the different camera angles. Yeah, but, yeah. But this brings it in. Again, uh-huh. it's like with, with the comic book conventions. Mm-hmm. If you've never seen a Broadway play, right. this is your first step into it to get you interested. Absolutely, absolutely. So brilliant marketing mm-hmm. for those guys. So that was all we had for entertainment news. Mm-hmm. We'll be right back with our insightful picks of the week. Go for your insightful pick. So my insightful pick, which I had to make sure I got before you did, because <laughs> you tend to do that from time to time, was Hamilton. Um, Hamilton uh, is the American musical film comprised of live recordings of the 2015 Broadway musical, which was inspired by a 2004 biography about Alexander Hamilton. Um, it was written in... Um, Written and composed by Lin-Manuel Miranda. Uh, He obviously stars as the founding father, Alexander Hamilton, along with the original Broadway cast. Um, This was actually planned to come out in the theaters in October of 2021, but with the response to the COVID pandemic, it was moved up and released digitally worldwide um, on Disney Plus starting on July 3rd. Um, And it was something where I knew we were never going to see it on Broadway (laughs) um, because one, it's just, you know, hard to get tickets and they were very expensive. I knew some of the music. I didn't know a lot of the music. I wasn't a huge, you know, Hamilton, you know, fan when it first, you know, came out. I had many friends who, you know, had gotten the soundtrack and, you know, listened to it and loved it. And, you know, again, I heard a couple of songs here and there, enjoyed it. And so I was looking forward to going and seeing it in the movies. And obviously when we found out it was coming out on Disney plus, even more excited to, to watch it. And I basically, you know, said, we're all watching it together. (laughs) It was, it was mandated um, because I knew you guys were probably going to, to like it. So of course, you know, I'm sitting there and I'm like, Oh, I, I hope he really likes it. And when you started laughing and cheering and, and our daughter, you know, was getting into it. That's when I knew, okay, this was, this was, this was done. Um, so it's divided into two acts. Um, the musical depicts the life and career of Alexander Hamilton, who was an orphaned immigrant from the Caribbean Isle. Um, and, the first act basically covers his his arrival to New York City in 1776, his work alongside George, uh, George Washington during the American Revolution, and how he met his wife, Eliza. Um, and then the second act basically covers his post-war work as the first secretary of the Treasury and his affair with Maria Reynolds, the death of his son, Philip, and then finally his own death in a duel with... Aaron Burr. Aaron Burr. <laughs> so, 
It's very well done. As, you know, you had mentioned, you know, there there's a lot of historically correct parts to it. And it was interesting because this morning, you know, and, and that's the thing, because I actually was watching another little mini documentary, you know, that pops up on, on Disney Plus, uh, you know, an interview. And he basically says, listen, I know I didn't put everything in, you know, um, you know, Eliza's sister, she was already married when they first met. So he took the liberty of making her not married. So that little love triangle could kind of be in there. You know, they had more children than what they talk about, you know, so there's so much more that he just couldn't put into it. But his hope was that he could get you interested. And that's exactly it. It was enough to get it you was interested enough to get to, you in to, so that you can now yeah. go online. And that's what happened because I did go on and, and look up different yeah. things. And, and it's interesting to hear, you know, so if you watch the show and you're like, Oh my God, this is amazing. And now there's all this stuff that's that you can find and, and see the cast talking about it and, and saying how like, you know, Oh, I didn't, you know, and, and, and for them, they never really watched it either. So for them to go back and watch and go, wow, I didn't know that I did that on stage like that. And I wow, didn't know. Wow, that camera angle makes my butt look big. <laughs> well, no, it was like, oh, I, I, I thought I did this, but I didn't know yeah. I did this. And and all these just little interesting stories, you know, from the cast and, and, and everything. And it makes me want to go back and, and watch it again. And... One of the other things, too, is you kind of realize it when you watch it, but they talk about one of the the main characters, the bullet. And they do this whole thing where there's this one character where when a gun goes off, she's kind of there and she goes like this. She's like the physical bullet. Mm -hmm. And there are any time she is out there she's almost like the angel of death like she meets up with this one character and she kind of flirts with him and the idea is that that character was flirting with death and you know every time that there's somebody that loses their life she's there and it's one of those things where you don't realize it it, and then you read this article you're like damn that's awesome and we even talked about you know the one scene with their their wedding Nobody changes costume. Everybody's in the same costume. They change the lighting to make it look like her dress is, is white. Yeah, you know, they, they basically a add a veil. Job. So it's just amazing how how well done it it was done. It was filmed over um, three days, two two to three days. Some were in front of a live audience. Some of the closer angled shots were done without the audience because obviously the camera would have been, you know, in front of them. But just, you know. The production value was just it, it was amazing. And what was funny was Jonathan Groff, who plays oh, King he George. so good. He actually, he was the original King George. He had left while the rest of the cast was still going on. Because when it was filmed, all of the lead principals were still playing. They were getting ready to start backing out. You know, they had like two weeks left. Jonathan had already left, but the person that was playing him said, you know what? You're the original King George. You need to come back. So he actually came back just to film. You know, it's funny. I was listening to another podcast uh, that I listen to frequently, and they were talking about uh, the host of the podcast took his wife and son to Mm -hmm. see it, and they were sitting very close to the okay. stage. 
And apparently when you see Jonathan Groff spitting as right. the irate king, right. he does that every night right. to the point that people were getting spit on in the audience. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that, that's definitely one of the different stories is, you know, you have to watch it just for the nine minutes that he's on stage total and how much he spits. Yeah, you know? because he, you know, he goes on in an interview to explain that he's playing the king as this semi-insane mm-hmm. character. Right. And he he pulls it off so well. Oh, and, and the other thing, too, you know, again, we could probably talk just an hour on, on, on Hamilton, but that, like, each character has their own specific style of of music that they they yes. sing to you know so it's not all rap it's not all hip-hop you know it, it's and a I'll blend you, of everything hands down my favorite number from the whole thing was the covid nine approved uh the zoom where it happened i mean the room where it happened sorry <laughs> the zoom I love that tune. You, you can't get it out of your yeah, head. Yeah, and that's the thing is a lot of the songs you just start like, you know, with it. And, and you know, again, going back to the, the King of England, that his was kind of like a British pop sound. Yeah. And it was a love letter, you know, like, you'll miss me when you're gone type yeah. thing. And it, it's just... Good pick. Good pick. Definitely watch it. If you're not sure about it, if, you know, Broadway isn't your thing, at least you can do it from the comfort of your home. You can pause it. Can I do my pick now or should I just skip it at this point in time? I don't we'll just know. keep talking about Hamilton. Okay, you, okay, I can stop now. I'm done. <laughs> Go watch Hamilton. Good pick. Thank you very much. Thank you. So my pick that will be completely overshadowed by Hamilton, obviously. Uh, hey, is, you liked it too. <laughs> is a uh, documentary on the Science Channel, Snore, I know, called Sea Monsters. Every Sigmund? Mis- no. No, not Sigmund no, the Sea Monsters. No. no. Sea Monsters on Science Channel. Every mystery and danger of the sea is a technological challenge waiting to be overcome. From mega holiday cruises to harvesting power, this exploration of the sea unlocks the ultimate challenges of extreme maritime environments. Sea Monsters dives deep to unlock the the ultimate challenges of extreme maritime environments. It has nothing to do with monsters. Man. Uh, The Kraken does not show up at any point in time well, in this then, show. I don't want to watch it. Uh, it is a show about how a mankind has developed technological ways of overcoming a lot of challenges from the sea. Uh, there are currently two seasons. Uh, season two is underway, being aired on the Science Channel, and season one is available on Amazon Prime Video. Uh, a couple of the episodes include uh, U.S. Coast Guard super ships, uh, the world's greatest submarines and the ocean's most powerful cargo ships. Uh, so it's very interesting if you're if you're into uh, uh, the sea and ships and stuff like that. They have it's all kinds of walks of life of different types of ships that they have. But happened to be a show that I uh, picked up a couple of weeks ago and, and I've been watching it, so I've kind of liked it. It's not Hamilton, but it okay. is worth watching. All right, that's fine. Everybody has their own thing. Sea Monsters on the Science Channel. And we'll be right back.
So I think that was all we had today, correct? Mm -hmm. I think so. Um, I would invite everyone to check out our long-form articles published on Medium at medium.com slash insights into things. If you enjoy the podcast, please uh, subscribe to us. Uh, You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and just about anywhere else. Uh, we would love to hear feedback from you. Uh, we try to incorporate feedback into the show whenever possible. Um, you can hit us, uh, on email at comments at insights into things.com on Twitter at insights underscore things. We also, uh, stream six days a week on Twitch at twitch.tv slash insights into things. You can find us on YouTube at youtube.com backslash insights into things. You can get all of our links at our website at www.insightsintothings.com. Or all of our audio podcasts at podcast.insightsintoentertainment.com. Or on the Evil Empire, you can get us at facebook.com slash insightsintothingspodcast. And I think that's it for this week. That's it. Another one in the book. Have a good week, everyone. Bye. Bye. Thank you.